0: What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens. With all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place, grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
1: On June 15th, the Purpose Power Summit took place, the largest purpose performance conference brought to you by Inc. Magazine, Strawberry Frog, and RepTrack the first ever virtual event with conversations about activating purpose. Yes, featuring the leaders of Verizon, Truist, Northwell Health, Pfizer, REI, Seventh Generation, Zoom, and many, many more. And the results of the 2021 Purpose Power Index of the world's most admired purpose-driven companies was announced. Find out more, watch the event at events.inc. Dot com backslash power dash of dash purpose. That's a long one, but go there and you will be blown away. You are listening to Planet Purpose from Inc. Magazine. Today's episode, purpose-driven companies coming out of covid Hi everyone, I'm Scott Goodson, the founder of Strawberry Frog, and I'm joined today by my co-host Yolanda White, a marketing guru and founder, entrepreneur these days of Deo Loungewear.
2: Hey, I'm Yolanda.
1: And also joining us, Chip Walker. Hey there. Who is the head of strategy at Strawberry Frog, a renowned strategist and actually co-author of a book that he and I just wrote called Activate Brown Purpose, which I'm sure we'll talk a lot about. On this in many shows. But Planet Purpose is a new show from Inc. Magazine. We'll be looking at the ways purpose-driven companies could be achieving better outcomes by activating purpose to the people who matter inside the company, i.e. employees, executives, and even the CEO and his family or her family. And also outside the company. We'll examine what companies are doing to achieve this while also offering insights, analysis, a lot of back and forth and debating wrestling and other types of things. So I hope you'll stick with this program today and for many months to come. So it was 96 degrees yesterday. Wow! I was walking around Manhattan and I can tell you that this city, New York City is back. I don't know if you're familiar with the Prince Street Pizza. It's like a just a tiny little joint. There were 35 people standing literally shoulder to shoulder in line waiting for that pizza. Because they were hungry or because it was hot? Because COVID is waning. I think people are feeling good.
0: People are all over the streets in New York. I think they've been uh, pent up and cooped up too long. Restaurants are jammed. I mean, it's almost
2: back to like before the pandemic. I'm so happy to hear that. I mean, just to see New York get its vibe back. That's what we need. And honestly, we've been open in Atlanta for a while now. So definitely the feeling is here. Like, everything is crowded. Now, with that, though, I haven't been able to get to a restaurant with you guys for a really long time. but. You know, you're having a lot of fun without me, it looks like.
1: Yeah, the last time we had dinner was like sushi. It was like two years ago before COVID hit.
2: It was pretty awesome, though.
1: Yeah, but uh, Chip and I have been busy.
2: I know. I've been following you on social media, and the new book looks amazing.
1: Yeah, Activate Brown Purpose. It's uh, yeah. Just came out and getting tons of uh, press. In fact, Chip gets all these interviews. He's on all these podcasts. What? Yeah. What's the book yeah.
0: About, Chip? Well, to remind you, since you helped me, uh, you helped me write it, <laughs> Scott. Uh, it's it's really about getting um, you know there are all kinds of books out there about um, finding purpose. What's my why? why do why do we exist as a company which is fantastic but um, there's not as many uh, books or advice out there about what to do with your purpose once you come up with it and that's exactly what our book is all about is how to act on activate brand purpose yeah the act part is so important
1: i don't know if you you probably heard about finding your why do you know who 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 said that like yeah to find your why
0: yeah that's simon Sinek.
1: no, no it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't. I actually discovered over the weekend that the original thought of finding your why actually was Viktor Frankl. Ah, the philosopher who wrote a book about man's search for meaning. So he talks about finding your why. So there you go. Okay. Wow. Do do?
2: There's no new ideas.
1: No new ideas. Exactly. You know,
2: now, yep. speaking of getting out, like we talk a lot about this, you know, I think people are feeling a little bit different about getting out now that they have their vaccinations. So, mm. you know, the CDC continues to give us new guidelines and now they're saying we don't need to wear a mask out. Like it really feels like we're reaching this tipping point point. and people may be they may have a little bit of fear about it inside. But you can see from the behaviors it's definitely like a tipping point right now.
1: Yeah, the, there's definitely a dark cloud that's kind of gone and I'm actually looking forward to get on a plane again. I'd love to go. <laughs> actually, I've actually been to one client you know, meeting with 30 people in a room, um, which was pretty exciting to be together with people. So I'm actually looking forward to it. See,
0: I've been on a plane. Oh, Yeah, but like we were saying, it feels like something big is happening. I mean, people are getting out there. We can finally get out of our loungewear and put back on street clothes
2: again. (laughs) Finally. Okay, not so fast on the loungewear. It's like a whole new trend. People have invested a lot to like wake their loungewear game Mm up. So now we'll just see that (laughs) to the on the streets now, you know, just put some heels on with that loungewear and keep it moving.
1: Yeah, it works beautifully. I just
0: want to know when you're going to start making loungewear for men, Yolanda. That's what we need.
2: It's coming. Okay. It's coming.
1: So we came here today for our first show and Yolanda, you have a really fun idea to talk about.
2: Yeah, I think it would be really interesting to talk about how companies are coming out of COVID and really what's at the heart of it is what are they going to do to really show that it's not all just talk, that they really are taking action on some big issues and bringing to life what is so meaningful to us, you know, as just everyday people as we start to get out of this pandemic?
1: Oh, no, it's such a big topic. <laughs> yeah,
2: that that's a
0: huge one and, and super, super timely.
1: Why do you think, think it's, it's so important. timely, though? Like, yeah, yeah
0: I think it's a, a couple of reasons, especially during the pandemic. But before that, I think people more and more are expecting companies to step up and do something about the big societal problems. You know, we were in a mess going through COVID and all of a sudden we start getting vaccines and things. Things start to turn around and uh, people all of a sudden start to feel like okay well maybe the big pharmaceutical companies actually do do have a purpose out there but they, they let people want to see actions they expect ceos to step up i think increasingly not having a point of view about some of these big issues affecting society is a point of view and it means that you don't care yeah i mean so I think well the,
1: the enormity of the problems we're facing is is daunting to all of us. And I think COVID has just put a magnifier on it all. It made us all stop and wonder, you know, companies have been destroying the planet. That's at least what some people have been saying. In fact, Rebecca Henderson, who's a professor at Harvard, wrote a book called Reimagining Capitalism, which is all about that point, you know, that companies have been destroying the planet and they, they need to step up and start taking some responsibility for changing that. Yeah, um, absolutely. But beyond that, I think what we're seeing our people almost dazed and confused and weary and sad and lonely and depressed coming out of 18 months of isolation with a few extra pounds on them, <laughs> you know, uh, dizzy. Uh, and they're wondering like, okay, the government obviously has their hands full. They can handle a few things, but they, I think, are looking for business leaders to step up and start to do more. I mean, we're the good news is that business leaders are actually talking about it. You know, the Business Roundtable a couple of weeks ago had an about face, came out and said, you know, and the Business Roundtable, if I'm sure you're familiar, is 180 CEOs of the largest corporations in the United States have signed a declaration that said that the purpose of the corporate entity is to actually ensure that US economy works for everyone. So that's a pretty big statement. But the question is like, how do we move from toothless purpose to action? How do we move these, these CEOs from woke to warrior? How do we get them to actually do something? That's the big question. And are there any companies out there that you guys have noticed that are grabbing this by the collar and actually doing something?
2: Oh, yeah. I know, I hear a lot. When you went through your list, Scott, and you were going through like what people have been feeling for the last 18 months, the one word that I would add is that people are raising their consciousness. And because of that, I think it's really making companies and leaders have to answer to the communities, the people who live in the communities, because they really are, they want answers. They want to understand what the these companies are thinking and feeling. So when you asked about companies, like one came to mind and it's a form of action, like, and we can talk about all the components of what action means, but it's what companies are saying that's also a part of this movement. So, you know, Nike started to jump in the forefront for me just because they've been very active and in the forefront of making sure throughout this pandemic that they're representing people that have something to say and may not have had a platform to actually say it. So, you know, I sort of think about people who give like companies kudos and Nike, I don't know, continues to jump up. But Chip, do we have any information to tell us like where Nike sits in terms of purpose and what people think yeah, about Yeah, we
0: do. You, uh, you, you know, we did that large scale study in 2019 called the Purpose Power mm-hmm. Index. We just repeated it. Uh, in January post pandemic to see what was going on. And so so we have a good sense of most major brands where they sit in terms of purpose. Nike mm. is a bit of an anomaly in that it is yeah. um, Interesting. Uh, a bit split and polarizing. I think there's a group of people who put them at the top and there's a group of people who who don't. So as you as you, I think, well know, the issues that they're they're uh, adopting are polarizing. But what's interesting to me, though, about Nike is that I've heard people from Nike talking about, you know, the the polarizing nature of what they've been doing with Black Lives Matter and Colin Kaepernick and all that. And they're like, uh, you know what? We don't care. We think this is the right thing to do. It's what we believe in. Uh, which, you know, I I think is to be commended.
2: They elevate their values and what they say. Now we can start to pull it apart when we start to see how they go to market and how they manufacture and how they... Activate in different countries. That's where I think it starts to. Yeah, I apart was on a podcast
0: bit. interview where um, Nike came up, and I was saying what I just got through saying about how they're to be commended, and we got a question from the audience about, well, um, haven't they not paid income tax uh, for many of the past few years? And I to be honest with you, I, I didn't have much of an answer for what what that does for their purpose status. You know, mm,
1: mm. I believe there was. A, I mean, for me, what's interesting is that. You can't hide behind your advertising anymore. You know, I think Nike has, you know, been a superhero when it comes to their advertising and especially putting people of color um, on the forefront as leaders in all different types of areas, you know, breaking Expectations and and conventions in, in ways that it should be applauded for years. The problem is that last year, when people were marching for Black Lives Matter, and you know, Nike came out with their ad with Colin Kaepernick, and then it came out that they had a very small number of actual black executives, and you know, the company was criticized, you know, for not really living, not walking the talk, and you know, Chip, you mentioned this question of income tax. So I think what's clear today is. Everything is transparent. You can't hide behind a really slick ad campaign. People know. They know whether you actually live up to your purpose or not. Yeah,
0: I think that's so true. We talk about purpose as like some why statement about your company. But I think in the public's mind, it's kind of a it's a holistic story in their mind about sort of everything they know about you, that you do. And when you got an outage, you you yeah. get accused of purpose washing. There's yeah. another
1: word for it. It's called lipstick on a pig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly.
2: Mm. But it's interesting because when we talk about big companies, it's easy to pull them apart because there's so many components to them. But when you start to talk about the startup companies that really are born with purpose at the forefront of what they do, it becomes a holistic way that they activate, the way they communicate, the way they go to business. Like it becomes a part of their business model. And I think that's really the differentiator um when we start to talk about purpose like companies that are born out of purpose and companies that begin to develop and build purpose into their business model well that's why though the pandemic has been so
0: transformational to uh, how companies yeah. are used per- per- purposeful, because you know I talked about the pharmaceutical companies, but there have been other companies like 3M who geared up mass production, Kimberly Clark, who went into overdrive to make things like toilet paper, Clorox who did so- some of the same things. you know they're legacy companies, some of them with a lot of baggage, but they've gotten newfound respect because as Scott keeps emphasizing, they got out there and they did something
2: something. Yeah, Mm. that activate is important.
1: But I think the point you're making is a really great one, Yolanda. Like, you know, if you're going to start a business, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, why just start a business when you can actually tackle real problems? Because you're gonna be rewarded for that. Consumers are actually, you know, responding incredibly well to brands that are actually tackling bigger issues. And I'll give you one example. There's a company that started about a year and a half ago called Courbet. It's in the luxury space of all places. You know, luxury is a daunting area these days since everyone's been home and no one's going to stores to buy high heels and fancy jewelry. However, this this luxury jewelry brand started by being the first ethical luxury jewelry brand making man-made diamonds or human-made diamonds, I should say, in laboratories. So lab-grown diamonds. And what's interesting about it is, as you may be familiar with it, diamonds are a currency like you know titanium or gold. So there's a fixed value associated with diamonds, whether they're blood diamonds or diamonds that are made in a laboratory, it's the same. So they created this brand and all the gold is recycled. And their purpose is you can't be beautiful unless you're good. And they opened up a store in Place Vendant, which is, of course, the cradle of luxury in France, in Paris. And they're just like a rocket ship, a lot like Deo, (laughs) (laughs) a rocket ship. But that's a great example. Like younger millennials want diamond luxury jewelry brand that is also not destroying the earth, not digging huge holes, not doing horrible things to human beings. Makes sense, right? It
2: makes sense. And you hit it right there. Like young people care about this. It's not just like older people who care. All consumers care today. Mm. Purpose really makes a difference. Yeah.
1: Especially when you're trying to transform a massive corporation. You know, like uh, a year and a half ago, Chip and I interviewed um, and met several times with Hans Vesterberg, the CEO of Verizon, the new CEO. I think he's been on the job for just about two years now. And he came into the job with the task of transforming one of the biggest companies in this country, Verizon helping it make the transition from being you know, a retailer of mobile phones products to becoming a true innovator like uh, Google and take advantage of 5G, not just in terms of being the leader there, but also recognizing opportunities as they come up. And he came up with a purpose, uh, which was networks and correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> networks that drive the world forward if i'm correct yeah, we create the networks is that, that yeah. yeah
0: we create the networks that that drive the world forward
1: and that was a really important part of his business strategy so it wasn't just a market it wasn't a marketing strategy it was a business strategy at the core of their new business strategy is this purpose and it is transforming everything about that company it's a fascinating in fact There's a whole chapter in our book about how CEOs can use purpose to transform and change culture and company behaviors, employee rituals. um, And Hans is a great example of that. That's great. But there are, of course, companies that talk the talk, but don't do anything, uh, which of course is a problem. You talked about purpose washing chip. Can you think of any brands that are not activating their purpose?
0: Oh, yeah. There's a long list of them. And, <laughs> and listen, I, mean, I, I hate to call anybody out, especially because I think there are some large companies that are really trying. But the truth is that, you know, it's going to take them a while to get there. But, uh, you know, I can point out some of the usual suspects. You, you, you know, one of my favorites to point out is Gillette. You know, it's been a couple of years ago, but they, uh, they came out with this whole anti-toxic masculinity stance that they made they made some ads around it uh, that you may have seen mm. which were controversial yeah. Yeah, so and i think the reason they were controversial is you know getting back to what we were talking about earlier is like Purpose is a whole story in people's heads about your company. And toxic masculinity coming from Gillette, which has always been like the best a man can get and kind of a chest beater that way, seemed like it came out of nowhere. And when things come out of nowhere, it makes people cynical and want and question your your motives. So I think that that's, that's like one of the prime examples of, of, I think, using communication to try to seem purposeful without really convincing people by your actions that you're you're doing something about it.
1: Do you think that it's kind of the natural evolution of purpose where purpose kind of started as a marketing strategy to meet the needs of new types of consumers? And over the years, company leaders have realized you can't just market it, you really need to live it. And therefore it's become, you know, you have people that are now chief purpose officers or even people who are chief transformation officers take the mantle of purpose. Yeah. Do you feel like it's a natural evolution?
0: Yeah, it's it's you know, I hadn't thought about it that way, but I think you're absolutely right in that it's one of those rare concepts that I think started in maybe the office of the CMO or of the the brand folks and was kind of a marketing or communications thought for a while. But I think once CEOs got a hold of Purpose and started really thinking about it, you started to realize this can guide our entire business. This can shape our culture. This could align all of our stakeholders behind a common uh, motivator, and especially now that everybody is like really uh, concerned, especially for younger people, about keeping employees motivated. Uh, you start to see purpose as like not like a a marketing thing, but as like a a business strategy thing. So I think that's why it's like uh, exploded beyond uh, CMOs into the whole C-suite,
2: CHROs, et cetera. I think there were two things that were happening. I think we saw where... Um, employees were saying, I want to work for companies who stand for something more. I think yeah. that was happening first and foremost. And in understanding how to keep employees happy, it was like they want to believe in something that was more than just achieving a 10 or 20 percent growth on their business. So I think that trend was happening simultaneously. We saw people get behind a pair of shoes that weren't very cute, but people bought them because it was doing something great for society, which was Tom's. and that was a a real wake up call for the people who sat in these big marketing departments that said, wow, like you can really start to create these movements and people want to follow them, not because they're in love with style, but because a brand stands for something. So with those two things happening simultaneously, it was a consumer push. It was an employee push. And for me as a marketing executive, it really started to put in question, are we saying enough that matters to people? And it, so it started with a little bit of consumer communication. But then to your point, and we keep talking about the action, 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 how do you support that and what you do in the communities and activate that in a real way to drive change? And that's where I think the two pieces have to work together.
1: Actually, I met you the first time, Yolanda, when you were you were up in the blue sky executive <laughs> offices of Coca-Cola. And you actually came to Strawberry Frog and you, we started talking about a purposeful campaign. Yeah, That's how you and I first met. And I think at the time, Coke was going through lots of thinking about how they can engage with people in different ways. And we had a lot of fun conversations back then. My My own personal experience... Was I read an article back in the nineties, mid nineties? It was a an Harvard Business Review article written by Jim Collins, and it was the first article I remember that talked about the role of purpose in growth potential of companies. And they talked about how solving bigger issues was not just a. Resp- Responsibility of businesses, but it was actually in their interest that if they help people live better lives, that they would actually they would actually thrive. And I remember thinking to myself, "Well, this makes so much sense. Like, why would you want to you know fill water full of toxins and people die faster? Your customers—it's so hard to get consumers. You should actually help them live long, thriving lives, and they should be financially well off." I think from a psychological perspective, I have never gotten over. That idea. Like, isn't it in the interest of corporations to ensure people live long, healthy lives, financially stable? Families are are healthy both physically and financially so that they can buy more stuff. Doesn't that make sense?
2: But companies aren't measured on that. Yeah. You know, that that's the change in conversation, you know. So when your board of directors is telling you to go deliver results that your KPIs aren't linked to that, you don't see that type of movement. Where startup companies are making those statements very early. But I do believe that is the North Star. That's where we have to get to to hold companies Mm. in a really strong place, you know? And if we can start to have shareholders and board of directors and, of course, consumers are already there all thinking about impacting the world and communities in a new and different way and holding companies to this Mm. standard, I think that's the game changer that sits. That's why this discussion is so important.
1: Especially the tech companies. Yeah. They're the ones dividing us they need their purpose and to be activated.
2: The way you were
0: talking, Scott, about uh, the, uh, I think it was Jim Collins article that you, that you referenced about, you know, mm-hmm. purpose, you know, being good for the company if you're good for society. But I, I'm sure that that's an easy argument for everybody to buy, including CEOs. But they're not probably programmed that way in terms of how they lead, how they manage a company. So I think it's an interesting discussion to talk about, well, if we are going to move to a more purposeful place, if you're a CEO, how is it you get that purpose through your organization? How do you get people on board?
1: You know, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I was I was listening to a um, clubhouse for all those that have clubhouses. <laughs> you're so um, cool, Scott. I'm very cool. Um, <laughs> I learned to, from you. No, I... Uh, <laughs> was listening to Ranji Gulati, who's a professor at Harvard Business School. He had a wonderful podcast last week, uh, sorry, not podcast, Clubhouse session with this gentleman named Glenn, who's the founder of Livongo. And his son was diabetic. He started a company basically to solve the suffering of his son. He sold it a few years later for four, like $4 billion. In that conversation, I asked him, to the point you just made, Chip, do you think that CEOs have to experience suffering in order to become purpose driven because i think mm. you know it's an interesting question like if you've been through that and you're building a business or transforming a company to drive some form of positive change in the world is it because you've experienced something that is deeply difficult for you personally and therefore you dedicate your life to trying to change it. And as a result, you end up doing extremely well financially.
2: I think that's profound. I think there has to be some personal connection. But Chip, jump on in. I heard you. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, I I think it it could be.
0: It could be that you've experienced something personally. But I think it could also be that there's something that bugs you in the world, that there's uh, just Mm. an an issue that you feel really strongly about. Like I know Hans at um, Verizon feels really strongly about a lot of things in and around the environment and taking better care of the environment. I think there are Mm -hmm. other issues and causes that people take off. So I don't think it just has to be that you suffer.
2: Yeah, not suffer, but it has to be personal to you. You have to care about it because when you care about it, your drive against it becomes embedded in everything that you do. It doesn't become a box that you check. I can say that just from like running Deo, that when we set out with the purpose to help women see themselves and love themselves and understand the importance of self-love it became a part, and it is a part of every single part of what we do, how we design, how we activate, how we connect with women. I mean, I just think it becomes like in your DNA, and that's the power of purpose to really begin to motivate your entire system and your people. I
1: love that so much because women are so hard on themselves. So hard. So, and it makes so much sense for Dayo to do that because it's loungewear, it's, it's comfortable, it's freeing. So I love that connection, and I could see mm-hmm. why it's so powerful for you. Well, that is the end of our first segment. And uh, before we get into our last segment, which is called Jump All, which I think you're gonna enjoy, we're just gonna have a fast break. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful
0: growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
1: Now we're back with the Purpose Planet podcast from Inc Magazine. Okay, it's time for jump ball. Who wants to go first? Chip, what do you have?
0: Yes, I will go first. I've got something that I found fascinating. It's a recommendation. It's actually on uh, HBO Max, if you guys have that. It's called Q Into the Storm. I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but it's all about the QAnon conspiracy. It's a like a six or seven part documentary, very very well done. But the reason that I really like it is that they try to get underneath that who is this person Q? And if you guys have heard about that, there there are millions of people mm. who trust Q wow. and think he's telling them secrets over the internet about mm. everything, uh, the election, who should who's Psst. president. So they they try to get underneath who is Q? And believe it or not, they actually they're pretty sure they identified who it is. And it's basically this internet guy, a webmaster hmm. from Japan, who's just like kind of a regular guy.
1: He's like the Wizard of Oz. Exactly. Yeah,
0: very much like the Wizard yeah. of Oz. It's, it's worth a watch. I
1: thought there was, I'd watched everything there is to watch, but this I haven't seen, so it's good. Thank you. Yeah,
2: I haven't seen it either. That's pretty cool. Yeah, have a, have a watch.
1: What about you, Yolanda?
2: Yeah, I think I'm going to pull like something that's an oldie, but sort of a goodie. I pulled out a book, The Art of Seduction. I literally didn't read it again from page, you know, like every single page. I kind of skipped around but I found it super intriguing because it begins to elevate insights that. Um, help you understand what makes great leaders and how they're able to create sort of movement and people to support them. And while it's, you know, rooted in this word of like seduction and as if it would be sort of like deceiving, like people would be deceiving in their behavior, it's not really born out of that at all. So I just found it super interesting Mm -hmm. and how it connects with like this bigger picture of staying, you know, inspiring and motivating as a leader and different like examples that they use. it's kind of interesting. Well,
1: those are two really good ones. So this week I read Eric Larson's new book called Isaac Storm. I don't know if you've ever read any of his books. Yeah. This book is about the great hurricane of 1901. And Basically, Galveston, Texas was the second largest city in the country. It was just a massive, very successful, very wealthy city and completely obliterated by this massive hurricane. And, you know, Larson writes about historical fiction. He's written a number of books about pre-World War II Germany and uh, the uh, World's Fair in Chicago, which is another two fascinating books. But now that we're living during climate change where, you know, once in a lifetime hurricanes like the Galveston hurricane happened back then, you know, once in a lifetime now happen like three times a year. It just puts our lives in perspective. It it is mm. kind of a bit scary to be honest with you. When I was reading the book, I also read this new report from GlobeScan, who, as many of you know, is a leading research looking into corporate sustainability. And mm. it was shocking that less than fifty percent could name a company or a brand enabling sustainable living in this mm. study. So that just a reality check. Uh, while I was you know reading this book, so if you have a moment, read the book. It's fascinating, great book. So those All are right. three jump balls. Great. Yeah. All right, this is I like great
0: I got two new things to put on my list
2: exactly yeah, this has
0: been really really fun you guys it's, it's been great recording our first podcast uh,
2: session together so thank you all thank you it's been yeah. a pleasure even. a lot of fun just digging into it yeah
1: well thanks for tuning into Planet Purpose I'm Scott Goodson I'm Yolanda White and I'm Chip Walker Planet Purpose is brought to you by Ink Magazine and Strawberry Frog Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave us a rating, a review. Also, we want to hear from you. Email us at podcasts at to let us know how your company is coming out of COVID. This show would not be possible without the extraordinary Avery Mills producer, Brian Cornelius, video producer, Joss Christensen, engineer, Blake Odom, production assistant, Mumama Mehud, marketing director, and Nicola Keneally, Chief of Staff.
2: We love you guys. Thank you
1: guys. We love you guys. <laughs> I mean, it just sounds so good.